Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Wind Thieved Hat. In this series of podcasts I'm going to explore the creative process, the highs, the lows, the joy and the pain with some of my favourite artists, musicians, writers, directors and makers. In this, the very first episode where, to be honest, I'm still finding my feet a little so go easy on me, I kick off with my mate Tony Pipes. I wanted to chat to Tony because alongside his day job as the Executive Creative Director at ITV, he also makes work as a musician, an artist, a writer and a director. He never bloody stops. Right then, make yourself comfortable. Off we go. Allow me to introduce Polymath, mischief maker, and all round lovely bloke, Mr. Tony Pipes. That's very nice to say. Hello, Tony. <laughs> I think I'm more of a mischief maker than I am a polymath. Do you want me to explain what it means? <laughs> if you could, yeah, I've got a dictionary. I'll make it later. All right. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for uh, joining me for this inaugural episode and. I'm hoping we can talk a little bit about your creative process in the different fields that you work in. Yeah. I'm not going to linger too much on your life. <laughs> but, but there is <laughs> there is one biographical detail that I have to bring up. Uh, I often do when I mention you to other people, which yeah. is that you were in the very last band to be signed by Factory Records. Yeah, that's right. It was all our fault. It went under, I think. <laughs> You're the man. We that are the killed, man killed Factory, yeah. Killed yeah, Factory, yeah. 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 I mean, that was, I mean, if you talk about creativity, that was um, probably the first big introduction to uh, a creative process, I suppose. Because working with somebody like <clears throat> Tony Wilson, who is massively creative, I mean, that was the downfall of Factory, the fact that he was creative and not a businessman, you know. He just basically just told you to go and make what you wanted to make, and he would put it out there. Uh, with very little interference, you know, and he, he'd try and pair you up with different interesting people. You know, he put us in a room with um, Kim Fowler, he was like a crazy. LA, 70 year old LA producer who did um, some like, old crazy sort of like pop records in the 60s and he put us in a studio in Rochdale with him for like a, a week and we all hated each other and got made an amazing sort of like EP out of it you know right. but it was hard work what pushing you know pushing and shove was what Tony was all about um, so that was yeah so that was a really good time even though it wasn't like fruitful in the fact that we didn't we're not millionaires yeah. and <laughs> factory was, records is no more <laughs> factory records are no more we kill factory records yeah. it was a really good thing to be involved in be right. part of that culture you know yeah and did, did you take some things from that experience of, of working with tony and, and seeing how he he experimented and put different people together do you apply that today do you think in, yeah in def- stuff that definitely you do? i think yeah i think i mean i think sharing is is a massive part of great creativity i think i don't think everybody anybody can do it on their own so i think whenever you involve anybody else you always get better results so when you when you start off in a creative, you I'll write the script, I'll direct it, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the audio, I'll do the music, and it's like you just can't do that. And if you do, it's like a one note one note sort of piece and piece, isn't it? So the sooner you learn to, to write something, get somebody else to direct it, get somebody else to do the music, get somebody else to do this and do that, you get a much better result because yeah. you go you go places you never would have gone on your own. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is that yeah I got that from him definitely. Yeah. Pushing but, stuff. And that's part of the fun of it as well, isn't it? You know, just just just. 
being yeah, able course, to yeah, to absolutely. to work and have a laugh with 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 people you like and respect. Yeah, absolutely. I'm working with people you you know working with heroes. You know, so one thing like he he would always try and get you who you wanted. So I'm like I'm a massive hip hop fan. I'm sure that'll come up later on. <laughs> but um, one of my idols is like Prince Paul. He's, he, he produced Three Feet High and Rising, a really sort of avant-garde New York producer. Was first person to do like create like some really weird sampling stuff and all that kind of stuff. And they said, "Oh, who do you want to produce the second album?" And we said Prince Paul. And then three days later, Prince Paul rang me at home, my little flat in Berry, while I was having my tea. <laughs> it's like oh, it's Prince Paul from New York, and I'm like, this is a fucking wind up, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he just he basically rang some people he knew in America, and all of a sudden we were in New York recording with Prince Paul for ten days, okay. which was an amazing experience for me because I was meeting you know, you know yeah. meeting your heroes, working with people you sort of admire yeah. and learning from them as well, you know. Yeah. So he was amazing like that. He would make things happen from a creative point of view. You know, he'd always try, you know, which was brilliant. Yes. And, and like the, the, say the the creative was his most important thing. You know, you didn't care about music videos or anything like that it was just all about um you know put it out there and people will find it you know he's like that's what he was into it was great and uh, one of the things you've, you've managed to do at itv is is to is to bring some quite surprising people into the creative process you work with nadav kander yeah you, that's right photographer. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i mean that's that, that's a really good lesson in um because we we never we never thought nadav would be interested in working with ITV because it's quite mainstream and he's like very sort of arty and cool and you know all that kind of stuff but if you ask these people you know they're either going to say yes or no and he just happens to say yes because he loves TV you know he loves Ant and Deck and all, it's all this sort of stuff you didn't really expect from uh, Nadav and he loves working with us we work with him like three or four times now and he's always like pushed the bar for us you know he's always worked really hard for us just because he, he likes us <laughs> so I mean that's it's a good lesson in it like never start being scared to ask people yeah it's like you know I, I want to work with this person or that person or they're just going to say no or they're yeah. out of reach they're never out of reach because they might just be interested and say yeah. yeah you know so that's a good lesson aim high yeah aim high yeah because what's I mean the no is not the worst thing you can have in life is it yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm interested in, in trying to get to the heart of what yeah. makes a really good piece of work good <laughs> that's quite a big well, question if I know yeah. <laughs> let me know yeah. yeah but what 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 is it do you think what what, what are the sort of properties of, of, of a piece of of exceptional creative work and I, I suppose I'm, I'm being quite uh, deliberately quite uh, vague here <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm thinking about genre but I mean I think I think any create any creative work any piece of art I think has got to stir you hasn't it and I think that that's the ultimate the ultimate goal is to stir other people, I think. So, what makes a great, great work is the fact that you know, if you, if you, you, you know, when you write something or you, you read something or um, you make something, it gets you excited. It stirs you, you know. It's like a, it's like a drug. It's like a creativity is like a drug, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're always wanting that next fix. Yeah. So you write and you write and you create, and then you want the next one and the next one and the next one. And it's like it's like buzzing that emotion, that stirring. And I think all you want is to put that out in the world and hope somebody else is stirred by it as well. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing that makes it good, I think. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be polished, doesn't have to be high production values, it just has to move people, you know. Even yeah. like smallest like little clips on iPhones can move people. But it's about that it's about that stirring. Yeah. The response. The response, yeah. But I think you creates. you you need that response as well, I think. And that's when you know you've got something good. Yeah. If if it's stirring you, I think it'll stir other people. Yeah. It's not about stirring. Stirring. It's because we're <laughs> drinking tea. <laughs> and it's funny you talk about it being like a drug and, and needing the next hit. Because yeah. I think the other remarkable thing about you is the volume of work you make. 
of one kind and another. And I know you've got a fairly young family and you've got this <laughs> busy job and I've just moved offices so your commute's yeah. twice as long <laughs> for the next seven years. But um but is it is it uh is it like a hit that that you get when you when you make something that that that, that you crave and uh... I, th- I think it is i think it's um it's uh, for me I, I just need to get things out you know so i have I like i have a lot going on in my head <laughs> or, or ideas and things like that and i i'm never one to sort of think right i'll do that in like three years time or i'll think about that i'll dwell on it i just think you've got to get it out there i think and then you can let other things in so it's like it's like a revolving door of stuff for me so yeah. even if it's not very good i just need to get it out you know um, and that, that that's that's sort of my process, and I, and I think you know you said about the, the amount of work. I think I just for me, I just need to do it. I think there's, there's no choice. There's no choice. Yeah, it's an, I'd go. I think I'd probably go insane if I didn't do it. Um, and I think there's all there's, there's always time to do stuff. I think you know, like you were talking about the commute. That's that, I mean that, that's the perfect time for me to write or to do whatever I need to do. And I think there's a lot of people who who say you know you don't want to be a person twenty years like oh I had this idea for this like twenty years ago never got around to yeah. doing it you know. Because I, I just want to keep it going and keep moving, yeah. moving out of me yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent. So and and like I did do a lot of stuff, but I flip between things, so it's, it never it never gets tiring for me. Yeah. So I'll, I'll like I'll write like I wrote some plays because I wanted to be a playwright, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I'll, I'll write screenplays, but then I'll write some music to just sort of distract me from that. And I think yeah. the more things you have going, different different things going on the more they feed into each other and it's not it's not exhausting it's kind of like exciting a little bit because you can always move on to the next thing or the next thing or the next thing you know yeah. um yeah it's, it's hard to explain really but it's like a it is like a it is like a drug i suppose but it's yeah. like a, it's also like a disease <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a curse curse as right. well you know because you right. it's sometimes i would like to just switch off you yeah know, and just like not think about anything but i just can't seem to do that yes you know so the, yeah. the, my my sort of constant output is just sort of a way to keep me sane a little bit yeah 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 like a sort of pressure valve yeah a little bit yeah yeah for the strange workings of your mind (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Um, um, do you uh is it a time of day that you've you've you work i I was reading this thing Mm. about creativity and um there's this notion that in a lot of our thinky rational stuff goes on in our frontal cortex in the in the front of your brain and they've done experiments where they stop that part of the brain working with electrical currents. And when that happens, people come up with better ideas more quickly than when it was switched on. It's almost like when we think too hard, yeah. when we try and come up with a really good idea, it becomes that much harder yeah, to well, come I, up I with. I mean, that is the worst thing you can do, is think about an idea, isn't it? I think, you know, you need, that's, I think that's why I was saying about different things going on all the time. Yeah, because if you if you sit in a room thinking about the same thing, you're never going to come up with a solution to a problem. You need to be distracted. I mean, the, the, I always the my, my process is I'll, I'll take in as much information as I can get on any problem. Yeah, and then I normally just go to sleep and wake up with the answer. So right. I always say it's like sending the boys down the mine, and then the next day they, they bring it up for me yeah. almost. And but I think that's the same because you just you just your brain just processes it. Yeah, because you switched off. You know, that's right. In that way, and that, John Egerty said, "I do my best thinking when I'm not thinking." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's you know. Go leave your desk, do something else, go yeah. play football, do whatever you want to do, and then the idea will come. I'm sure. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And is there a time of day that you you find that you? Uh... It's it's made, I think mornings is definitely more fruitful, but I think that might just because <laughs> it's not the end of the you know the end yeah. of the day of, of work. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> when I'm when I'm when I'm busy, when I'm trying to do my own things, I do sort of section the day up anyway. So in the morning, I'll like so when I was writing the plays, like in the morning, I'd, I'd do playwriting. 
yeah. in the evening they'd do screenwriting and I'd separate them like that right. and that kind of worked in a weird kind of way because I was kind of in the mood for that in the morning and then in the evening I'd sort of adjust in my brain right. to it um, so, so morning is probably more fruitful but I think any time I can t- find the time mm. I will, I'll do it because mm. it said in this same article the advice from a neuroscientist was that if you're a morning person you should try and work in the evening or vice versa. No, that's interesting. Because if you're a morning person, then your 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 brain is more fully switched on. Yeah. And it could be interesting to try working at a time when your brain is less, yeah, you know, yeah. less switched on. So you're you're more able to make those associations between sort of dissonant yeah. ideas that produce a new new concept. No, I've not tried it. Yeah, no, that's good though. I mentioned at the top about how many different sort of genres mm. you work in and, and, and you've, you've mentioned that do you think there are there are there are sort of common principles ap- across different creative outlets uh, yeah definitely I mean it's all the same I think I mean uh, it was it was it the designer Massimo Massimo Vignetti said design is one and he's talking about design where you can if you can design um, a magazine cover you can design a chair it was all the same principles and I think that's the same with creativity I think it's the same process it's just creating as it's making stuff um, I mean, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to be known as a creator yeah. <laughs> rather than all the different genres because yeah. that's a bit, pre- bit wanky and pretentious. Yes. But so I don't really like putting it into genres, you know. So I, start, I started off kind of in creativity as a musician, and that process was the same. You, you, you have a problem, you know, you want to you want to uh, express yourself, and you have to work together. It's the same sort of principle as any any other creative, and you come up with a creative output and you get input and feedback, and it's the same it's the same thing. You know, the feedback's a bit more instant in the band because you're playing it to people, you know. But it's the same process. And then you can apply that to art as well. You know, you start off with, you know, I want to create this and you have problems and sometimes your brush goes that way and doesn't go that way. And it's the same, it's exactly the same across the board. And same with writing is exactly the same. You start with a number of an idea, expand it out, sometimes it goes that way, that way. Yeah. It's the same, I think. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. would agree with that. And uh, I think we're, uh, we have a tendency sometimes to sort of fence people off a yeah, bit. Or maybe even fence yeah. ourselves off, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, not saying that though, I think... Uh, Creative creativity is a is a word that gets banded around quite a lot these days. It's like a buzzword. Yeah. You know, you get people going into banks going, Oh, we're gonna make our banking section a bit more creative. And it's bullshit. I think I <laughs> <laughs> I think you are born creative. I think you I think you you are you you're a special type of person who's creative. Yeah. Um and I don't think you can teach that. So yeah. I think you can nurture it and I think you can hone it. Yeah. But I don't think you can ever te- ever teach it. You can't create it yeah. where you can't create it where where it wasn't. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe some people can be good good writers, but not necessarily good creatives. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that there is there is room to sort of section people off a little bit. Mm. But then there's other people who are just creatives who who can probably do anything if they put their mind to it. Like I th- I always think why not get like a creative team on like a cancer research group or something like that. You know, because you never know where that problem solving might come from. I think there should be a creative section in every walk of life almost right yeah. some free thinking yeah free thinking yeah but they've got to be the right people they've got to be creatives not yeah. just called creatives okay. <laughs> I understand the subtext of that coming <laughs> forgive my slight pause you can edit that out can I it's, it's a sort of you know it's, I'm trying to build a bit of drama in. what's his next question going to be so I mentioned a little bit about uh, family life. You know, you've got your two boys. Yeah. Do as having kids or being with kids has that has that has that taught you anything about the creative process or 
Have you seen? Have you found <laughs> being with them inspiring? Or? Well, it, de- it definitely is, isn't it? Because it, it, like you're saying about the um, stopping yourself thinking and all that kind of stuff. And uh, with kids, they don't have that, do they? They just they just say exactly what they think, and some weird shit will come out, you know. Uh, and that's exciting. Like my little, my little boy at the minute, he's, he started writing, and he's writing little stories about this uh, this mouse, this time traveling mouse, and it's just like it's innocent and amazing and complete. You know, you could go into it going, well, that's not right, that's not right. But why would you do that? Because it's yeah. so pure and like it's just his imagination running yeah. wild. And that's that's a really interesting thing to witness, you know, because yeah. because you, you, your natural instinct, especially when you've been a creative director and all that kind of stuff, to go, well, I probably wouldn't put that word there or move that to the right. And you're like, you're just being a, a dickhead because yeah. like, this kid's just like pouring amazing yeah. ideas out, you know, yeah. without without any sort of uh, yeah. dam or any sort yeah. of filter filtering of it. And that, that's, you know, it's a really good thing to sort of learn. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, kids are fearless to oh, begin yeah, with. absolutely. And yeah. you see, I mean, my eldest is 10 now. And I, I'm already aware of a yeah. real self-consciousness creeping into, to, you know, what yeah. he does and the work and yeah. how, it, how it will be received. Um, but it's, it's kind of... Um, it's kind of fearlessness, not yeah. being afraid to make mistakes or fuck up, that, that leads to the yeah. best work, and isn't I think, it? I think that sort of... Um, <clears throat> that sort of simple view on the world and that, that sort of almost abstract view of the world I remember when I was a kid I did this drawing you know like kids do the sky like above yes yeah. line of blue at the top That's white right. space green yeah. grass person yeah. in the middle I remember a teacher going oh, that the, the sky doesn't stop there does it it goes all the way down and I was just like like blow, like blew my mind because like she was right but at the same time this, the sky's above you isn't it you know and I couldn't I, can't, I remember just like taking over in my head going I don't know what's going on here right but it, and for me it was like a bit of a loss of innocence because all of a sudden everything became real you know yeah. so you, I've painted the sky all the way to the bottom now, and it's like <laughs> real but the, the fact is that the sky is above you yeah. and the ground is below you yeah. and that's a really good interpretation of it yes. you know if you showed yeah. that to somebody who'd never been to earth you go yeah we have a sky above us we have a ground below us and yeah. in between is like just bits and pieces yeah and it, it, so you, you are stopped from being creative or being expressive really early on in life I think yeah. and I because I remember that really well and it like yeah. frying my brain a lot right. yeah and then I found out that, that there is a there's a biosphere isn't there so there is a, something there yes. so screw you teacher <laughs> <laughs> I was right. So all I tracked along. down that teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, listen. <laughs> I thought that story was going to go in a different direction, actually. Uh, I you say, and she taught me this about the sky, and I realised. Like, yeah, no, 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 no absolutely. Yeah. It's, the kind of, it's the kind of, you know, everything has to be literal or real. Yeah. And when really it doesn't, does it? Yeah. yeah. And kids yeah. don't have that. Person yeah. I suppose it's about um, conventions, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And every art form has its conventions, yeah. and uh, every so often somebody comes along and 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 explodes those conventions, yeah. and that's when you get really excited. Yeah, work. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what Picasso did, isn't it? He kind of did everything he was ever taught. So he was a beautiful, like classically trained painter. Yes. And spent his whole life trying to undo it all because he yeah. hated it. You know, he hated yeah. that restriction, and he wanted to see the world in a different way, didn't he? Yes. You know? Yeah. And absolutely. Over and over and over again. Yeah. How is it? How easy is that? Is it to do in the world of TV? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, see, I mean, like, this is an interesting thing, isn't it? Right. So we're talking about creativity, and we're talking about TV, which is like working for a business and yeah. basically selling. Yeah. And now I, I have a real issue with the sort of uh, 
kudos that's put over creativity and advertising. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're, we're amazing thinkers, we're great. You're selling butter, mate. That's what you're doing, you know. Uh, so it's commercial art, you know, and people don't realise that, don't, don't, or don't want to admit it, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're getting paid to do a job. Yeah. And it's, I think it's complete. It's a completely different thing than uh, writing, writing or painting or just doing something for the love of art, you know, yeah. or the love of expression. Yes. Um, and I think that's, it's, when, you're, when you start off as a creative, I mean, you think you're the bee's knees and you think, yeah, I'm so sure. clever and bright and I'm going to change the world and all that kind of stuff. It takes you a long time to realise, yeah, this is just a this is just a transaction, isn't it? You know, <laughs> and we're really lucky to work in a business where you can use your brain and come up with ideas and get paid for it. I'm not I'm not sort of saying I'm not taking it for granted by any yeah. sort of form, but it's not it shouldn't be held on a pedestal like it is. You know? Yeah, working to a brief which yeah. somebody's given you. Yeah, in order to be paid a wage by which you can exactly, live. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't make different. great things. You know, yeah. and do interesting things. But at the end of the day, you're just selling, aren't you? Mm. Although. It's interesting, the whole question of patronage, isn't yeah. it? You know, when you yeah. think about Renaissance painters who, who required a patron. Yeah, they were all uh, commercial artists, weren't they? Well, yeah. yeah, I suppose then. Yeah. I mean, Michelangelo would have had a brief for the Sistine Chapel. He wouldn't have gone, just rock, do what you want. No. <laughs> he would have had to get it signed off first, I'm sure. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? he would, yeah. <laughs> I was, re I, I was uh, looking at that story about Giotto. Did you hear that? So, um, Pope, one of the popes, <laughs> one, of the popes. one of your early popes, <laughs> Pope Benedictus, I think yeah. is his name, wanted um, some nice murals in St. Peter's in yeah. Rome. So he sent out his sort of envoy to go around leading artists and basically get their portfolio yeah. to bring it back to Rome and he could go, right, I like this, I don't like that. He wanted a decorator. <laughs> so he went to Giotto's studio, this envoy, and he told him why he was there. And Giotto said, sure, I can give you some work. And he went away, got a paintbrush, dipped it in some red paint and drew a perfect circle yeah. <laughs> and said, if 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 your boss understands anything about art, then he'll understand this. And he gave him just a single <laughs> canvas with a red circle on. I thought that was... Um, yeah, that's cool. That was a really nice yeah. uh, story. Um, I can't remember why I'm telling you <laughs> <anyone. laughs> But that, again, he's demonstrating his skill. Yeah, and, and yeah. his innovative approach. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. but still, he's an applied artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's responding to a brief. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you get stuck, do you ever get stuck? You must get stuck. Um, I, yeah, I get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I get stuck like anybody else. I think. Um, I don't. I don't tend to get hung up about it though. Yeah. I just tend to do something different and then right. go back to it. Yeah. Um, so I mean. The, the, hard, the hardest thing in creativity is starting and, and finishing. They're the two the two points where it could all go wrong, I think. Yeah. So once you've started, it's re I think it's really important to finish. So even if you are stuck, you need to go back and finish it some, in some shape or form, Yeah. I think. So, um, yeah, so I get stuck. So what, what I'd normally do is something different. I'd move on to the next thing or start something new and then eventually go back to it. Um, and I always will go back to it. You yeah. Know? I, I don't have, like, unfinished works, really. Yeah. I've got, like half finished works but then yeah. I will go back to it and finish it you know yes um so I, but I think sometimes getting stuck is good as well because it can kind of take the break you know put the break on a little bit and give you time to think about it a little bit yeah. more um to reflect on where, yeah, where exactly, you've yeah. gone so Cause far because I, I do work at like 50 miles an hour so sometimes it's like quite nice yeah. to sort of like stop you speak quickly as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I might have to play this back here 50% <laughs> sorry it's not, it's not for international yeah. listeners <laughs> Can't even subtitle it, can you? 
Um, yeah, so I think I think yeah, getting stuck is good sometimes, and it, may, it makes you kind of look somewhere else for a, an yeah. answer. Yeah, trying to, trying to speak slower now. No, that's fine. No, it's a good, a good squeak. It's more, more value, more words to the minute. So I, I've, I've shamefully not yet managed to come up with a name for this. Um, I'm finding it quite difficult. But one, one idea I had was to call it the wind-thieved hat. Yeah. Right? Okay. And the reason I was going to call it the wind-thieved hat is because I was reading a book about Stan Laurel, yeah. written by John Connolly, where he sort of imagines the interior life of John of Stan Laurel. And there was a really nice couple of sentences that I, 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 I read about um, Stan Laurel trying to come up with some jokes. He's tried to write more gags, but the remaining pages of his legal pad remain bare. Some days you have to walk away and let the gags come to you instead of running after them like a man in pursuit of a wind-thieved hat. I, I read that. Yeah, that's thought, cool. Yeah, thought, yeah. That's really good. That's <laughs> how it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you know, that yeah. wind yeah, thief yeah. hat, you're almost on it, and then a yeah. gust just comes, and you repeat <laughs> the process. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And sometimes you just got to let the hat go. And yeah, I think so. I mean, the brain, your brain's a, like a wonderful thing, isn't it? I never want to understand how it works. But like you say, if you, if you don't chase it, it will, it will come. I think you just have confidence in your own imagination, I think. Uh, and eventually, you know, you'll know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. I did a talk recently, which you were kind enough to sit through, uh, <laughs> called Lunatics, Criminals, Junkies and Amateurs. And yeah. my sort of premise for that was that some of the most original thinking comes from people whose brains or situations force them to think differently mm. to the vast swathe of the yeah. population. Do you think... Um, do you think? Do you think? Do you think it's true? Do you think? Uh, the, 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 I mean, in my experience, certainly some of the most creative people that I've spent time with have some kind of vulnerability mm. or, 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 or mental function which might be perceived by the vast amount of people as a as a deficiency yeah. or a weakness, but in fact is 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 what allows them to to make really original and um, uh, valuable work. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's true. I think you need you, yeah. I think I think it's back to that um, creatives are special people again. You know, they're not they're not the norm. You know, there's there's something different about a creative person, mm. um, whether that's good or bad. You know, and I think uh, mental health and things like that. And uh, like you say, I think everybody's. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm probably a little bit hyperactive. You know, that might be coming across a little bit. I think I always was as a kid. I always was as a kid. You know. Yeah. Um, I was like a fidget. Um, when we used to call them like fidget fingers, because I would never sit still. I was always doodling and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's. I mean, that's perceived as a um, a negative, obviously. But to me, I, I, to me, it's, once you embrace it, I think it's not. You know, it's not a negative. Yeah. Because you can you can use that to sort of produce stuff. Yeah. And it was it was only when I, <clears throat> when I got into music really that it all sort of became. Um, it all fell into place. Yeah. All of a sudden, I wasn't this weird fidget yeah. kid anymore. Yeah. I, I had a, had an outlet and I. And met other people, like-minded yeah. people who yeah. who had similar sort of yeah. disabilities. <laughs> yeah. and the, you know. the, the reason I mention it is because I, I did I did that speech again yeah. in Madrid, and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, "My daughter is thirteen, and she fucking hates school, and she's yeah. having a really tough time. She's always writing like musicals, plays, mm. stuff, and, she, and you know she's she's always up in a room writing away, but she really struggles with you know with relationships yeah. with other people and." And stuff like this, and um, and and so I, you know, I, I wrote a little note to her, and I, she asked for a couple of things that I'd mentioned in the speech. But I, 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 I sort of 
I didn't say it explicitly. I, f- I felt you can sort of feel reasonably optimistic yeah. that somebody like that is probably going to struggle as a teenager yeah. because it's hard enough as a teenager, even if you're not perceived as sort of quirky <laughs> yeah. or weird. Yeah. But we'll probably come good, find their own way, yeah. and, it, and that, I suppose that's one of the the great things about the arts yeah. as a field is that it's um, you know so yeah. long as you. Um, you make good work, then it doesn't <laughs> yeah, really like, matter yeah. what's going I mean, on inside I, I your mean, head. I mean, I can trace the moment when it all did fall in place, fall, fall, you know, fall, come together for me. Um, like the, it's like a big bang moment for me. Right. So I remember, I remember it. I remember listening to uh, Run DMC, Sucker MCs, uh, and then all of a sudden, just my head like exploding because it was like the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. And I just thought I need to find out what this is. I need to find out more about it. Found out about hip hop. And then I went to a record shop in Manchester, a record shop called Spinning Records. And it was a tiny little, quite intimidating record shop. <laughs> it's like a little shack and there was no records on this play. It was a count and you had to ask for what you wanted because you had to be in the know. Right. But this, it, this, this record shop, everybody hung out there. So it, like there was DJs hung out there, graffiti artists, MCs, DJs. And all of a sudden I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm surrounded by people who are creating, you know. And I just thought, this is what I want to do. This is exactly what I want to do. These are the people I want to hang out with. And if you take away the hip-hop sort of layer of it, you know, I was surrounded by dancers, poets, musicians. It's it's, it's the same thing, isn't it, you know? And it, and it just all of a sudden, it, it just fell into place for me. And I just, and, but it, immediately, rather than just listening to the music, I wanted to make it. Uh, and that was the difference. And all of a sudden, I just felt normal. <laughs> I didn't right. feel like oh, this weird kid anymore. I didn't right. really fit in. Right. I felt normal. I felt like I can do this and I can do that. I can talk about this and I can write and I can, you know. So I, I wrote poetry on the back of that. And then we used to, I had a twin tape deck, album MIDI system that I used to loop music on. And that was like the first time I made music and stuff like that, you know, sampling and all that kind of stuff. And it just all, from, from that, that point in my life, it has been my journey from here to gets me, you know, to this day today. So, you know, I got into poetry, so I got into Lem Sisse and, you know, all, all poets and Kerouac and all that kind of stuff on the back of, like, hip-hop. You know, politi- my politics was shaped by hip-hop. Um, and it started off, like, art. So I got massively into graffiti art. That was, like, a really good outlet for me. And I still think it's one of the greatest art movements of the 20th century. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really, I'll talk about that in a minute, because it's that's interesting about um, the way you make promos and, and sort of the, my process as well is, it's all kind of to do with graffiti art a little bit. I'll talk about it now because it's crazy. Talk about it now. <laughs> so graffiti, graffiti art was a really interesting art movement because it was basically young kids expressing themselves in New York, which is amazing anyway. But they, they expressed themselves in a way that it wasn't like, uh, I'm going to go to an art gallery and put my pictures up. I'm going to go to a train yard. I'm going to break into a train yard. I'm going to steal spray cans. And I'm going to spend the night basically making a work of art on the side of a train that nobody might not ever see. You know, it might get immediately wiped over. I might never see it again. I can't even stand back because the trains are like two feet apart. But I'm going to do it anyway because it's, so it's pure expression. You know, it's just getting it out. And it doesn't matter if anybody sees it, anybody <laughs> cares about it. I've done it. You know, and if if somebody does see it, and all of a sudden somebody mentions your name, or oh, I've seen that piece, I've seen that thing, it's an amazing sort of buzz and outlet. But it's this amazing sort of just pure expression. Yeah, and I, and I love that completely. And yeah. that, that is that is like. It is brilliant. Graffiti art is brilliant because of that, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the whole hip hop movement is as well because yeah. of that. Um, I'm not just into hip hop now, obviously expanding, but that, that's where it all started. You know, that was my other big genres are yeah. available. Other genres are available. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it was such a such a big moment for me. 
Yeah. And like I said, I can, I can I remember it. That's I remember funny, the, yeah. I remember the feeling, you know. Right. I was like it was like falling in love. How old were you? Uh, I was like 13, I think. Right. Yeah. So it was like in, a, in know, Bury. Yeah, in, in Bury. Yeah. So just get to that sort of teenage yeah. shitness. Yeah. All of a sudden no, I didn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. I felt like I belonged somewhere and, you know, I could see my path. Yeah. Yeah. Hip hop is still resonating all these years later. <laughs> yeah. With Kendrick Lamar yeah, winning, the, yeah. winning, winning the Pulitzer yeah. Prize the other week. Yeah, I think Nelson, Nelson George once said that um, hip hop's like, um, it's like a, like a big brother. Sometimes it really pisses you off, but you always kind of love it. And I think that's a, that's a really nice sort of way of summing it up, really. Because yeah. there's lots of hip hop that pisses me off. But yeah. then every so often, you get something that just touches you like yeah. you've never been touched before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so like Kendrick Lamar is definitely one of those artists, you know, yeah. where if you listen to one of his albums, you've got every kind of music in there, you know, and it's, it's a very personal sort of expression, but it's so complex and so amazing. It sort of transcends the stuff that's gone before, so it pushes it. And so now hip hop that's coming out now, on the yeah. back of Kendrick Lamar, is way up from my husband for years because all of a sudden the bar's been pushed and everyone's yes. been trying to be the new Kendrick Lamar, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then stuff like the you know, Donald Glover, This Is America yes. video, which is a, stu- and a, a stunning piece of art, you know, rather it than is. anything else. It is. Every so often some some people come around that are from that sort of hip-hop sensibility yeah. that sort of change the game and it's, it's yeah. amazing and refreshing, yeah. And, yeah. you know. And, it, and this, this, I mean, it's, we might might be getting to a nice point to, to, to tie up because... <laughs> But this this is the joy of it, isn't it? Really, yeah. You know that humanity at the minute, <laughs> uh, or at least in sort of Western democracies, yeah. seems a bit fucked, yeah, and totally, a bit yeah. fucked yeah. up. And yet you see something, a work of art by you know, like the childish yeah. Gambino thing, or um, what Kendrick Lamar's doing, or, or Kate Tempest. Yeah, exactly. I would yeah. say, yeah. and it, and 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 it sort of explodes with a kind of uh, force. Yeah. Uh, and an expression of sort of how you feel, but you almost didn't realise you felt it until yeah. you saw this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, is, yeah. is 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 sort of deeply moving yeah. and kind of life affirming too. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that conflict does breed good art, though, doesn't it? It does. So so maybe that is that's why there's there's a suddenly a massive burst of sort of amazing creativity that's coming out of like music or especially in America, I suppose. Yeah. Um, because because there is something to push against yes. and there's not sometimes I think if you're probably a black male in America there's not many ways to express yourself yeah. um, in, in the everyday life so maybe a lot more people are turning to art and music and yeah. you know pushing it a little bit more to try and express that yes. that sort of frustration yeah. you know? um, which is yeah it's, I mean I think everybody needs something to push against just you know some people have bigger things than yeah. others yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hopeful yeah, yeah it is hopeful yeah yeah Excellent. I think it's going all right. I'd listen to it. Yeah, me too. I'm sure your mum will as well. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, just I, I, you know, one gets to the end of an interview and, and yeah. generally asks about the future. I mean, what, what, what uh, you know, personally for you, in, in, have you got any ambitions creatively of, of, of the kind of work that you would like to make or, um, or what you'd like to do? <clears throat> I think I think uh, I mean the the playwriting is quite a new thing for me. I'm quite enjoying that, so I'd like to hone that. I mean that I suppose you know we're saying about filling in the, filling in the gaps and doing stuff in the time I have. I think that's the most frustrating thing when you really want to sort of hone a skill and you don't have time to do it properly. So you kind of dip in and out of it. So I would like I'd, I would like a decent amount of time to sort of concentrate on the writing a little bit and get better at it. Yeah. You know. Um, so that that would be good, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'd also, I mean, I'm just finishing off. I, every start couple of years, I release a 
a little book of paintings, yeah. digital paintings. Uh, I'm just getting the getting another one of those out at the moment. Right. Um, it's the next couple of weeks that should be done. I think. Okay. Um, which is again just just, just to get it out. Not, yeah. <laughs> you know, fidgety fingers. Fidgety but I mean, I suppose ambition, ambition wise, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to get a play made. You know, yeah. that would be good. Some see somebody perform it. So yeah. that would be probably the ambition. Um, I mean, there's two ambitious ones. There's two things I want. I want to. I always want to be on top of the pops when I was in the band. Didn't do that, so that's yeah. disappointing. Uh, and I always like to be on Desert Island Discs. Yeah. So that'll be something as well. Yeah. But so still time for that one. Okay. Unless they bring Top of the Pops back. Maybe I should have given this a Desert Island Disc format. <laughs> is, that, is this not Desert Island Disc? <laughs> I've got my list. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your luxury? Have you thought about that? <laughs> Uh, I've not actually now. Right. I've not. You, you I've just gone, on, I've just gone, on to, gone on to the tracks. Yeah. yeah. As soon as the BBC hear this, yeah. it'll be like, right, okay. Yeah. Let's get pipes here. Great. Well, that's excellent, I think. Uh, we're in at 37 minutes and 29 seconds. Okay. So uh, I think we'll, we'll call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Right. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Thanks for asking me. So there we are. Hope you enjoyed that. If you did, then please share it with your mates and leave a review on iTunes. I'm told it's enormously helpful for me in building an audience. Next time, I'll be speaking with the brilliant documentary photographer, Sean Davey. But until then, goodbye.